What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Forever. Dog. I feel like if we start talking about it, we might not stop. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Where's everyone at? Where are you at, Jira? I mean, I, I, I will admit that uh, I've been angry for years. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I, you know what? Not even passionate. Yeah, I think I think I've been angry for years about you know certain things. Like I think I've talked about this podcast, like my run-ins with like getting stopped and frisked in New York, and like getting pulled out of cars with my parents, and you know, I think I was talking to my friends. Like I used to work for MTV News, and watching that journalist a couple of days ago get arrested on camera when he's like, "Just tell me where to go." He's got his ID out, um, and the cops don't tell him what's happening. I feel like that was such a triggering moment because. If he was to say anything, like, you can't do this, why would you do this? That is almost considered resisting arrest or how some people would see it. So this dude has no point to become, like, subservient and compliant and pray things will work out for him. And, like, I've been in that scenario. And it's terrifying because I'm like, if it wasn't on camera, I'm not sure the cops would have came back to arrest the rest of the team. Because they, the, they took the black dude first and then moved him and then came back for everybody else, which felt very weird and it's this whole situation feels kind of honestly embarrassing a little bit because this is an issue i feel like america could have solved on their own but now it's like again out in the open the world is like protesting for black people which is really good but we still live in a world where our president won't say anything about it he's talking about like violence himself uh, I'm looking at like Fox News and just even certain people people on CNN and some of the articles and it's still very one-sided. No one talks about the KKK. I'm just looking right now like Black Lives Matter and F, was it Antifa are considered um, terrorist groups in America officially by Trump, but not the KKK. And it's just, it's tiring. And it's like, my heart is pumping all the time. And it's like, what do you do? It's just, it's just, a, ah, that's the feeling I got right there. That's not a sexy uh, because I feel like you know people are like oh, that's a that's a that's a, that's a that's an angry uh. Thank you yep, for clarifying, because yep. I was like I just want people. To, it yeah, got yeah. a little sexy. I was like, oh, but did he? No, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not the sexy. Uh. It's the it's the uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, you know that's that's where I'm at in the world. How are you feeling, James? I'm pissed. That's it. It's cool. <laughs> that was good. That was cool. Because that was I mean, cool. I, look, uh, 
I I I'm angry. I I I want to go out to the streets and start throwing things. Like I like I am somebody that I think that like if if <laughs> if given the opportunity, you know, like if I if I were there, I would be one of those like I'm going crazy <laughs> type people. Uh uh but I'm also like afraid to go outside. <laughs> so it's like yeah, that's real. It that's where I'm at. And it's like I'm I'm I was talking to somebody yesterday. They were like it must be really hard to be a person of color in in America right now. And I was like, "No, it's 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 hard all the time." And I feel like that's the part that's mm. like it doesn't feel scarier right now to be to be black. It like it always just generally feels scary yeah. to be black. And that's the thing that I feel like people don't get or like don't in the in this country, don't get or don't see, you know, the people that are against it. I don't know. I mean, I'm just. I didn't watch the video of the of the, specifically of the news reporter because I knew that that would like piss me off. But I'm, I'm I'm staring at images all the time. I'm, you know, it's just it's 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 exhausting. So, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm pissed. Period, yeah. and then all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's like um you know uh i was telling you guys i like the first couple of days i was avoiding it i was just numbing myself like and not really looking at anything because uh, it's tiring it's like yep like <laughs> i know exactly what this is i've seen it before and again and again and again we've seen so many um police get acquitted you know hopefully that doesn't happen again you know i don't have a lot of faith um uh and people i think you know people are reacting now because they see images of cars burning and buildings burning on their television they see reports of police having to call curfews in like over a dozen cities and the national guard being called in and and protests happening all across america and uh they hear words like looting and rioting and they see a video of people like taking stuff out of a target and they're like what's going on this is crazy and to those people and i mean if you're not one of those people but you see those comments you know i think like i feel like what's not what what's not being taught a lot of people are going back and forth between like whether it's right or whether it's wrong i kind of think that question is irrelevant the reality is you had peaceful protests happening for years and years and decades and decades you had people telling you this was wrong that things were happening and nobody wanted to listen and uh, even though there were videos, even though we've all seen the videos, we saw Eric Gardner video, you know, we saw the video of, of um, I keep forgetting his name. I'm so sorry. In, in Cleveland. Philando Kist- oh. Yeah. Philando. So we many. Did, we saw, yeah, there are so many. I was going to say that <laughs> so there was that kid. John Crawford. In, John Crawford. Yeah, John Crawford. Um, we see all these, we see them time and time again. And these are the videos. These are the recordings that are captured on camera. That doesn't always happen. It shouldn't need to happen. And yet, even those people got acquitted. So at a certain point, 
when you see rioting happening and then everybody starts to pay attention, you are in effect telling people, hey, we're not going to care until you start setting fires. Then we're going to start caring. Then we're going to start saying something. Then we're going to have to react. Then we're going to have to, and yes, we'll have this debate and we will we'll, we'll tell you, you should be doing it this way. You should be doing it that way. But at this, the NFL is a perfect example, right? <laughs> Colin Kaepernick <Yo>. took a knee. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the Pledge of Allegiance. It's, it's, it's possibly the most mild form of protest you could ever do. It's like literally not messing up anybody's anything. Like he, it's not like he interrupted the game. It's not standing in the, in the middle of a street and blocking traffic. It's not like causing noise outside of it. It's like a literal silent protest. He took a knee and cameras saw him taking a knee and people were inflamed and they were like, how dare he? And he got fired and he was never let back in. And people were like, well, that, that didn't that there didn't have to do with this and that and everyone knows yes it did and guess what the NFL didn't care and then the NFL started going hey you better like you know and 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 the team started policing their players and that protest was snuffed out and not really cared about and now after a bunch of riots happen the NFL releases a statement and is like hey we uh we're with you we're hearts and our thoughts and prayers are with everybody. It's like, I, and like the, I think it's funny. It's like so tone deaf and like screw the NFL. But there's also the part of me that's like, oh, cool. So you are telling people this is what you're going to respond to. So whose fault is that? That's all I, that's all I have to say. Whose fault is that? We, we don't want our homes and businesses burned up. People don't want to see that. Like nobody wants that, but that's what's going to happen. If you keep letting, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just like, I don't feel sorry. I just, I kind of yeah, don't. don't. I, 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 and it also I'm feels nervous, like, but I don't feel sorry. Yeah, go ahead. To that, to that same end, Bray, what you're saying, like it makes it, it makes this feel like, yes, this is right now, but everyone's calling it a, a moment, but it feels like it's not a moment. It feels like it's going to be, it feels like it needs to go on for a long time. You know, like it feels like it needs to be dragged out. The kind of reform and change that we need in the country is like it's deep. It's in the roots like it needs it. It, Yeah. So it, that it's wild to me. Something that was uh, fascinating that they talked about at the protests, which, by the way, the Pan Pacific protests had specific um, goals like specific goals that they like gave everyone and kept reiterating, like, this is like, this is what we need to do. And this is what we need y'all to do and keep repeating it because like defund, defund the police. Um, we were also, they had, uh, members of fa- family members. And so they had everybody saying the name so that they remember them. But, um, something that was brought up is that the police system is actually working. Like this is how it was made. It was made, you know, so like, it's kind of like what you were saying. It's almost like you need, how can you change something that was built from the beginning to be this way? Uh, and so that's like, a that's the conversation that people are trying to have is like the police are doing what they've been told to do since their inception in this country. Like that's how fundamentally they were, they were made. And so it's almost like you have to burn the whole fucking thing down is what people are trying to say. And it's, I feel conflicted being a non-black person with saying like we were peaceful yesterday because I don't have 
it's a mix of, of speaking up and saying these people were peaceful for hours because I don't think that that's the only way to protest. However, I wanted to actually share that narrative. They were peaceful and it didn't fucking matter. They cops still showed up with violence. And so when I speak up and say like, it didn't matter that they were peaceful, it's mainly to my community and to other communities. You know, it's not to the black people that follow me it's to fans and to the audience that I have that like you guys keep saying that if they're peaceful that none of this will happen and that's literally not true so correct that was just but I also yeah that's it that's what I have to say yeah um so I I mean there's really not much else to say but thanks Danny um yeah thank you but um yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, I, I guess like before we get started, it's like people should be safe. Um, so I think that's my biggest concern. Like I know Danny, a lot of friends I've had have been out protesting. And I think the way I described it to one friend is if you are protesting and you're not a black person, I'm very excited that you're there. But I do think these protests, the police are now treating non-blacks like how they normally treat blacks and by that i mean a black person goes to the street their interaction with the cop may not be peaceful no matter what they do i've had a lot of white friends thinking they could just talk to the cops and be like if i just stand here and protest i'll be fine and i've seen some of them in brooklyn who've come back injured and i'm like you're now going into a different place you are now going into a place where you will be seen as a threat that is new for you even if you're doing nothing you are still a threat so just be extra precautious and safe because, I mean, again, I've seen friends outside of Barclays who, dude, there's one footage of one guy getting, like, really roughed up, this white guy. And he was standing there, but he was, if you will, uh, mouthing off is what a cop would normally say to a black person. And, like, normally on any occasion, this white dude would be able to say whatever he wants to this cop. But in this situation, you are not seen as a white person. You are seen as a rioter, as a looter as an enemy of the state, which black people normally are seen as. So protect yourself. Don't get your black friends in trouble. I just, I just want people to be cautious because it's just like, for me, is a fear I have of people always wanting to, of people wanting to speak out, which is good. You just got to make sure you know how you do it. Because I think if a cop hits you and puts you in the hospital, you do, like they can disappear into the distance. They're not going to help you pay for your bills. That one girl had a seizure that came out of her pocket. She didn't have health insurance. It's like if they hurt you, it is on. It's up to you to take care of it now. So, just protect yourself. Let's talk about some comedy in a podcast, baby. Is that the hard part? It's like at the end of the day, you still like so much is happening that you want to like still try to like find levity and just like make yeah it, happy. it's but tough. shit is so hard it's tough <laughs> it's tough it's tough i oh, the one thing i do though sometimes like look it out my way i just remind myself like the world is still you know the earth is still revolving around the sun <laughs> you know there's still life there's still nature out there you, you know you you feel the wind and the breeze you, you hear the, the songs of the lovebirds. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John. Hey, listen. I, Bray. At one point, I thought, I thought we weren't going to do No, I'm, I'm saying we, everything is still happening. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah. 
You see the the, the grass blowing oh, and no. John, we have a guest, squirrels man. Be... running up trees and the, the beautiful songs. beautiful sounds of yeah of the, the lovebirds. <laughs> can we just can we start? I mean, I I didn't think we were doing this. I thought it was a different vibe, but okay, John. Okay, you won. Let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan, What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Revolution City! Take the grease! Yes, yeah, so I took the Hollywood out and made it like Revolution City. because it's. A, I heard. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah. For those of you uh, who are listening to this for the first time, my name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Drum Milligan. I try to make it extra deep. I'm James the Third. God damn it, James. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> this uh, this is a special a special occasion because we have a a very awesome guest with us hanging out okay, on the on, Zoom. Bray. Hold on, Bray. Let me get let me get let me get let me get the it let me get the drums ready. Oh. Let me <clears throat> let me hold on. Let me move some stuff around in my house. Get the drums <laughs> ready. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, Danny Fernandez. I, hey, I, I ignore Draws drums just so you know. His they're not good and. Danny, you heard him, it. I would like polite little um, jazz snaps. Like, oh, okay, okay, you know, okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. You know, I might try to put some jazz snaps in so John can stop shaking my drums. What is that's that? A... Like some poetry snaps? That's what mm. I would like. I was trying to give you the snare drum, so it's like you know. Have you all ever been at an open mic where somebody wasn't doing comedy? Ooh. Um. No, I don't oh. think. Wait, actually, oh, okay. I have been to. I have been to like, like a variety show where people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, you've been to a stand up, uh, but not uh, an open, open mic. mic. And somebody was just doing like <laughs> poems. I've been to. <laughs> I've been to a poetry open mic. Um, I've been to one of those. Yeah. Wait, but Danny, you're talking about like a stand-up open mic, right? I think it was a variety show, actually, variety I correct show. myself. Okay, but yeah. it is funny when they bring out the music number, and I'm just like, this just doesn't feel the same, no. but it's funny. Yes, it's <laughs> tough. I don't even know what comedy looks like after this quarantine, man. It's like, do, oh, like yeah. are the clubs still going to be packed, or do we half pack them? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say somebody on somebody on Twitter is impersonating Disneyland. It's one of my favorite accounts now and it was like when we we're going to reopen in June, our capacity is 2. It was just like <laughs> Yeah, like what are you what is this? I'm not trying to be around Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse is coughing under the mask and the Rona's coming through the eye sockets. He ain't supposed to talk. Rona's coming through the eye sockets. <laughs> like he's not supposed to talk and now it's just seeping through the mask, and he hugging the kids, coughing with the Rona. Listen, <laughs> sorry, that's that's just my problem with Disneyland, and I want to go, but I just can't. You know, Woo. guys, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for for joining us. Really appreciate you yes. being here. Uh, if y'all don't uh, follow Danny on Twitter, you should because she. You do have them fire tweets sometimes. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look. 
we, we, we can't all be perfect. Hits, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, also, uh, Ralph, Ralph breaks the internet. Mm-hmm. That was that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> that movie yeah. was a great social commentary yeah. of like the scene where he's reading all the tweet, all the tweets that people have written to him. I was like, same, literally same. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, what I was going to say is like, I'm actually in a Disney movie, like as myself. And I still don't consider myself one of those Disney people who would like die to go to Disney. Like, that's what I hear. Like you would literally die because you miss Indiana Jones ride. Like, I just don't know. (laughs) That's a little much. My friend, one of my friends is one of those people and I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But they, um, I'm in some of those groups. I lurk. I lurk in those groups. I am in them and it's just, it's wild what they fight over. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, It's the best Disney movie. I said it. <clears throat> Aladdin? Aladdin. Aladdin's best Disney movie. Interesting. I mean, I, just, I know he's a liar. I know he's a... Wait, wait, no! No! Mm. I feel like... Oh, so that's the one you're going to choose, huh? Okay. I feel like there was so much subtle judgment in that. Huh. That's your number one, not even top five? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I do like the end where he says, Genie, you're free, and like that part always gets me choked up and i do like that jasmine i think she was the first princess of color and she was like the one that was like i'm not a prize to be one like she kind of just like pushed back at them and i like the new one with where uh they made her the sultan in the new one they made her the sultan like she it wasn't like this isn't going to aladdin i'm i'm the one that like you know my dad was a sultan so it got passed down to her and i thought that was cool to have see see aladdin's good see it is uh, great. I don't know if it's my top. I don't know if it's my top one. Oh wow! Amazing. Okay, all right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, the, not, not the top. You know, um, the top three. Black men can't jump in Hollywood is sponsored by Better Help. Guys, oh, man, you know. I just had a job end, which you know I was very fortunate to have. But it's so funny how quickly stress starts to accumulate. <laughs> When you're not I, working, it's too much. It's too much. It's heavy. You know, I got the I got the shakes, um, and you know the the heart palpitations, all of it. I I agree. I will say I've had the benefit of not being unemployed this long since 2009, and I what are we in April? Uh, soon to be May, and mm-hmm. I have not had a paycheck all of 2024. Uh, Oof. So this is the most stress I've ever had. My parents may need to get an aid, and I'm like where who's coming to save the day so stress is high anxiety is high and you know sometimes to talk about this stress therapy can be a safe space like get that stuff off your chest figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down you know instead of just keeping it all bottled up and feeling like you have to hold everything inside i know therapy has helped me i kind of i almost look at it as like check in like Sometimes I'm just, I got a lot to say. Sometimes not so much, but it's like, it is super, super helpful. Yeah. I appreciate getting the, the tools to like kind of understand my, the mechanism of how I'm, of how I'm behaving, you know, and reacting mm-hmm. in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I use BetterHelp and Timothy, black male therapist saves the day because he gets it, man. I'm like, you know what? Thank you, bro. For sometimes it's just 30 minutes of just me rambling. And I'm like, oh, you didn't even say hello yet. <laughs> and, and he's like keep going I'm like thank you yes 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible. It's suited to your schedule, which is absolutely uh, essential these days. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you want, switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash jump today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash jump. You gotta jump to get that better help. Better help. This episode is brought to you by the new Disney Plus original series, American Born Chinese. Based on the graphic novel by Jean Luen Yang, American Born Chinese tells the story of an average teenager that becomes entangled in a battle with Chinese mythological gods. This star-studded cast includes Academy Award winners Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hoi Kwan, plus Daniel Wu, Jim Liu, and Ben Wang. American Born Chinese, premiering May 24, exclusively on Disney Plus. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless, on the road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so this this podcast, of course, uh, <coughs> you might be a, you might have been confused by the opening, but this is not a political podcast, you know. No, we, we don't we don't we, we don't do that. We don't talk about politics. Um, what we do talk about is leading uh, film, uh, leading black actors starring in movies. Uh, yeah. We talk about that in the context of race and yeah, diversity in Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn, say it again. And uh, today we are doing uh, the film The Lovebirds, starring Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae. Came out on Netflix. Uh, it was supposed to be released in theaters, but COVID happened. And uh, so they sold it to Netflix and uh, it just got released last week, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, what, what to say. I mean, of course, there's no box office. <clears throat> Rotten Tomatoes right now, it stands at 66%. Which is fresh. Fresh. Um, it has a fifty-two percent audience score, so we could talk about that. Um, what audience score? The audience yeah. score is less than the. Confusing. Um, it's a. It's the 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 plot is fairly simple, I guess. It's a a couple that is kind of on the verge of breaking up, and they basically get into this 
predicament in which a man uses their car to like kill someone else, and then they are on the run because they think the cops are going to accuse them of the killing. And so instead of turning themselves in or talking to the cops, they try to figure out the murder. They try to solve the murder on their own. Um, so it's like a comedy, action comedy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is there anything else for me to say about this before we talk about initial thoughts? No. Yeah. I read that it was written for someone else, but like written for two other people, but I can't find it right now. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, I read that it was like it was it was reworked because it was. I'm a, I'm a, I'm looking it up right now, but I hope to find it in a second. Okay, it was reworked. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. What needed to change? <laughs> well, I think sometimes because I don't think I think it was written by Aaron Abrams and. Brendan got like I imagine that when two let me make sure I have this correct because I don't want to say two white guys wrote it and then have one of them not be but yeah two white guys wrote it um so so that typically things have to change right yeah that's right Aaron Abrams and Brendan Gall are their names uh, Aaron Abrams, the story by, and then Brennan. Yeah, let's see. Brennan Gall. He also, yeah. I'm trying to see. Um, my, I guess what I'm curious about knowing was what was its ranking when it dropped? Do we know? Did it get to. Oh, I on... do know. I do know. I watched okay. it the first weekend. So the first two days, it was number one. Oh, like okay, day cool. One. Day one, it was number one. And then later on, it ended up going down to like number three and, you know. I don't think right. it's on the list right the now. The new Netflix top 10 rankings. Do you think it, the top 10 is the same for everybody, or do they, do oh. they, do they use the what algorithm is, for that, too? Well, it's, it says top 10 in the U.S. In the U.S. In America, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's for everybody, because there's things on there I would never watch. And I'm like, right, right, all right, steal Magnolias, or whatever that <laughs> new show was called. They still push stuff, too. Like, right now, on yes. mine, they're pushing the Jeffrey Epstein thing, and I'm like, why are you pushing Same. this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why, why is this the thing that I have to, like, Same. exit out of initially when I open Netflix? I don't want to see this trailer again and again. They um, literally yeah. do have, like, I know that people have talked about this, but they do have an algorithm with what they think will do well. Yeah. Um, and that's because it is fascinating. Like my friend Gloria's show one day at a time had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like that's very hard to do with like two seasons. And I don't think that they pushed it enough. Like it could have been on more billboards. It could have been. I noticed that with the Marvel shows, like when Marvel left, like, so, so when Daredevil would drop, it would be the front page all weekend, all weekend. And that's how you got all the views, even from people that don't know what it is that were just tuning in. But then when Marvel and them split and we knew like there wasn't going to be another Jessica Jones, there wasn't going to be another Luke Cage or wasn't, uh, when the Punisher or whatever that dropped, it was suddenly not on the front page. Like they always put it on the front page. And so like people just couldn't find them. So that's. Yep. We have a little experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> Only the tiniest bit. Uh, Only the tiniest yeah. bit. Our I'm saying this as someone that just finished writing for Netflix. So uh, Netflix, no, I love no, we, you, but you know, also. We had our, our show drop and some of the same things you said are some of the same things that <laughs> you like. Know. Look, we understand. <laughs> I don't know if I need to put this on blast, but two weeks ago, somebody asked me if the show came out yet. So that's... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Someone if that needed to be said, but, it, but it, it, it needed to be said. 
let's just say we got some bows <laughs> to pick with Netflix's algorithm. Okay. I was like, I like, I watched The Witcher because for two weeks you kept telling me to watch The Witcher, yeah. and I was like, I guess do I know what happened in The Witcher? Fuck no, I have no idea. And that I shit was on, and that season. view counted. <laughs> um, I just, I just watched Space Force. John, ask me what happened in Space Force. <laughs> what happened in Space Force? The fuck if I know? I don't even know if they went to space. I don't know if anybody went to space and I finished it. <laughs> I don't I, know. I was just concerned for for the people, like I know uh, Roy Wood Jr. and Tawny Newsom and like them that were in Space Force, and I was like, that was it pushed on? Why are they pushing the Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> we could talk about this forever. <laughs> um, That's true. They are pushing Jeffrey more than they are Space Force. I mean, Space Force is still like pretty. Is number one there? It's like on the like if you go to like any like new on Netflix or trending or you know new releases and stuff like that it's everywhere but it isn't the number 1 that's true it wasn't my number 1 My theory is Jeffrey's it can for lack of a better word it can unite everybody because it's such a top political moment and it's like he did something with Trump he still is a really rich white guy but then also he screwed over a lot of people and it's like what is his story honestly whatever I'm sure Back I'll eventually movie. watch it. Anyway, yeah. We, we went way off topic. Right. Back to the movie. Are, this, this, the podcast is supposed to be short. Yeah, it's supposed to be shorter. Oh, All right. Sorry. How much we should time do, do we have? We, okay. <laughs> we should do initial thoughts. Yes, Danny, you want to go first? I thought this was really funny. Like, I thought this was, there were a lot of moments where I was laughing out loud. I like their chemistry together of Kumel and Issa. And um, so it did really like that I think there were like a couple it's really hard in the third act I feel like with all movie like especially comedies um so that was like the only thing but um I thought it was really funny yeah um did you have any particular moments that you were like this is my favorite part or (laughs) I feel like were they going was it Bo that was in there Burnham was he was he played the the like white kid that the oh, white frat the, kid. Was no, the the okay, one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was it? It was him. Wasn't no, it? wasn't it him? Oh wait, wait I'm looking, I'm looking. on the the frat kid who got beat up. Yeah, when they the beat frat him up. Kid yeah, who, they shot him. The well, guy no, shot him. The, no, that that was a Bo. Who was I just that? watched something that with was... Bo in it. <laughs> wait, I don't think so. I'm looking. I'm oh looking. no, that wasn't. No, that wasn't Bo, but. Okay, well then, was I it just watched, who? What you it was but like that part a was white funny. comedy kid. Yes, he was definitely a comedy kid. I'm looking about right it up He looked familiar. Moses like, Storm. Okay, sorry, Moses Storm. Is yes, also him, it I was think? Moses Storm. Yes, I sometimes get them. I'm sorry. I just watched yes. uh, the Big Sick for the first time this morning, and that's what I was thinking of. Gotcha. Uh. Yes, <laughs> Bo, Bo Burnham is in the Big Sick. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, I wasn't sure who Kamel was looking out for and, like, yeah. <laughs> who was in this. Um, Moses Storm is also a, com- a comedian. Yes, yeah. so I got him confused. I'm sorry. He's okay. also very funny and beloved. They do it to us all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, people literally stop tagging me. I'm not Gina Rodriguez. Like, I, Yo, I that is have. hilarious. Oh, no, people came up to me like I was at a cafe with my friend before Corona, and <laughs> this woman was like, my family is just... They just want to know if you're Gina Rodriguez. And I was like, I'm not. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say after that. And they so walked away like, like, there is oh. nothing else to say. Uh, 
it's 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 always the thing. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but like if somebody thinks that they recognize you and they don't, but they don't know, they're like, oh my god, I I love you. I've seen you. Like, oh, you're so funny. Or and I'm like, oh, thanks. And then. Then they're like, yeah, when you did this thing. And I'm like, oh, that's not me. You don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts. That hurts a little bit more. (laughs) Like, I'd rather you just come up to me and say, are you this person that? And like, be like, no, I'm not that person. But for you to be like, you're amazing. You're incredible. I watch everything that you do. You're really awesome. You're funny. Especially when you did this thing that you didn't star in. Oh, wait, I don't know who you are. (laughs) That's tough. That's a toughie. Um, but yeah, this the the scene with Moses Storm. Yes. Moses Storm. And uh them when they're like trying to interrogate yes, him yes. and they're using the interrogation techniques that were used on them. Like that mm, to me was, that was literally weird. saying the same words. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't know what it means, but they're like <laughs> they're saying the same thing. Uh, uh James, do you wanna go? I think it's a crime that this movie didn't come out in theaters. I thought oh. it was so I laughed so loudly and kept thinking if I were with a in a big group of people, this would have made the experience so much better. Um I specifically just enjoyed their relationship and their banter. Like they would they would always they would like they would always sit in something for just a little too long, and those were the moments that I was like, "Man, I just wish there were people here to when the when the tension finally releases, we're all laughing together." Like I like that. That's that's the want. That's my biggest thing about the movie. I I really um, enjoyed it and thought and and like there was a bit of I felt a little bit cathartic a bit about like how every time they were just like the cops are gonna do this like that was it was a little bit like yeah that's right they are <laughs> like it felt good to be able to like laugh we sort of with them about that stuff yeah. um so i re- i really i really enjoyed it yeah you want to go try um i didn't like it oh, <laughs> damn oh lord Listen, damn <laughs> That's the it's, will it's, smith damn it's hard because you know what it is i will say this like i actually it's, it's funny going right after James. I'm actually really happy it came out on Netflix and not in theaters because I think I like them. And it's so funny watching this movie, following Issa from um, Awkward Black Girl and Kumal, when both of them like weren't um, Hollywood. Like I feel like when you see the two like of them. Like household names. Yeah, but not only that, but physically they have changed. Like Oh, right, right. That's like true. physically from season one of Insecure to how Issa looks now is drastically different. Like how Kumal looks, you know, honestly, he's in a Marvel movie and stuff like that. They both look physically different. And it was so cool to see these people, a darker skinned um black woman and an Indian man as like attractive. They had good clothes. Like they were like like sexy and funny, and I was like, that is what I wanted to cheer for. For me, the only hard part is that I think they are funnier than the material they were given. So I didn't start laughing until I think those moments, like when Danny brings up the interrogation scene, or when James is like, um, the moment sat in too long. For me, it felt like they were trying to make those sad ass jokes <laughs> funny, and to me, it was like I'm looking at two comedians being like, yo, this is the scene. I'm going to get a laugh in this scene, which was great, but it felt like the movie disserviced them. I felt, you know what it is? It made me want to see the two of them together again and just something better suited for them. Like, I don't know anything about the writers really, but it it just felt like a missed opportunity, but it was really cool to know that they got it. And I'm happy that like, I don't know. I'm just happy they got to make that movie and that, you know, Issa has a bunch of projects. She's making mad movies. 
Kumal is about to be a superhero. Like, to me, it's like this was just a road, just a bump in the road for me to see where they're going to go. But yeah, man, I, I didn't like it. And also, maybe I'm a big fan of Insecure and like um, uh, Silicon Valley. So I was just like, these niggas are funnier. <laughs> like, then this, I've seen these niggas have funnier. Issa has said funnier one liners of like, uh uh-uh, uh, like that on Insecure than I laughed in this movie. I only laughed in that, inse- I mean, in the interrogation scene when she smacked that dude. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, that was funny. Yeah. So it's hard. I'm not going to bash the movie. I'm warning everybody. I promise I'm not going to bash it. Yes, he is. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I just like them more I, than I like this movie. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Like, I thought this movie was, <clears throat> it's one of those films that I'm like, um, like, I enjoyed it. Like, I, there's nothing, I have nothing bad to say about it. But I also like, I'll probably forget it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like that's. I mean, and that's fine. Like all, like not every movie has to be memorable, and not all comedies have to be memorable. I think the strength of this movie is Issa and Kumail, and like how delightful they are, and like how much they were able to, um, just like have this like fun banter between them, and like the way that they argued, and and yeah, all those moments you're talking about, Duran James, and I think um. Like the script is the script is whatever. It's not like bad. It's just like we we've seen it. We kind of like like it's a little familiar. Like this this kind of i this idea of like you know people like trying to figure something out. I don't know. It's we've seen it a couple times in different formats. Um, and then it wasn't there was nothing like that surprising. Like I'm thinking about like game night for instance. Like um, you know where like. Yeah, there was something like that was actually like there was something else to that. It was a little bit more engaging for me, like the material. Whereas this one, I didn't really like. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like I didn't actually care about whatever the mystery was. Like it wasn't that, it wasn't that mysterious or interesting for me to be like, wait a minute, what's this secret organization and this and that. And then even when we find out, you're just like, oh, okay, like it's it's whatever. But um. It was a fun movie, and I think, like, people, it's like, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of agree with Jarrah. Like, it's a great Netflix movie. Like, it's a great, like, movie to, like, just watch on a weekend. Like, you know, you don't have to, I mean, we're all, (laughs) you know, we're all in shelter in place right now. So it's, like, it's, like, kind of perfect um, for that. And it's, um, and it gives Issa and Kumail an opportunity to star in something, which is cool. And um, there were some, like, fun cameos and, and stuff. Um, well, not cameos, I should say, like fun little bits that other act like with actors. Moses Storm. But yeah, Moses Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of like Cat- Yo, Cat- Bo Burnham Cohen. kills it in this. <laughs> Catherine Cohen was in it. <laughs> and um, camp. You know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think, but I really think I re- and just uh, not to because you guys felt I, how you felt, but I really think that had this movie come out, came out in the theaters. It would have been like that date movie. Like people would have like gone to see it. They would have like you know got their popcorn, sat down with their dates. Like I feel like the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes would be a little bit higher, considering how high the freaking critic score is. Like that's absurd. Like how are the critics right. like this is? Oh, it's sixty six percent worth, you know. And the audience is like, nah, 
<laughs> like this is true. I have a I have a theory about that, and I kind of disagree. I think if it came out in theaters, actually people wouldn't. People do not show up for comedies. Like they just don't anymore. It's really yeah. interesting and wild, and I think it's because and people say they want them, and there's like a resurgence of them, but they don't the way that they did with the aughts. Like if you look at and yeah. granted these are white comedies, but like Anchorman, t- like all of that, like whole little Adam yeah. McKay, like the Farley, but like the way that that and Judd came Apatow. out. Judd Apatow, people showed up for those. And then I think t- a couple of things, I think comedy, I don't know, like dramedy became, and this is someone speaking in that realm, like that's just what I write. And when we look at Insecure, Issa changed a lot of the way that I write because she doesn't, like you were saying that sometimes they try to force jokes in there. They don't force jokes in Insecure. If, if something at the end of a scene is genuine and authentic and they don't feel like there needs to be and haha like they don't do that they'll just let it sit and then they'll move on to the next scene and you get to have all these girls together but like what i'm saying is that we kind of moved in this direction where art is not comic like people don't view comedy as art mm. at all um they just view and so critics don't view comedy typically right. as art and they so they, they rate it yeah and even though it has so much merit and can be talking like they tackled a bunch of different things really well. I felt like in with the jokes um, in this, but I think that's why one of the critics score might not, as opposed to if it had been a dramedy yeah. or if it had been a drama with these two and they're struggling. And yeah. like, I think that critics would have rated it. I don't know if they show up for a com- They say they want more comedy, but when you give them a lighthearted rom-com like this, they don't resonate with it the same way. So Our audiences, you're right. Yeah, I love a what? good rom com, but they, you know, you know what it is. Well, I think yeah. that people of color, everyone expects, especially as creators, everyone wants you to write. What it seems like, it has to be about the struggle. Like if you're a Latino, oh man, this is about like your upbringing and blah blah blah. If you're black, it's like, oh, is this about the struggle of being black in America or police or overcoming this? Where it's like you can't just live and be fun like i think that's true danny and i'm like trying to track it like what is it like when because it kind of sucks like because <laughs> i'm thinking about it now i'm just like wait so the time in which diversity is finally being pushed and like given like um you know like like some merit and and being focused on is the time when like comedies are like not really being even given that much opportunity one by like studios to even make like mid mid level budget comedies, but also like audiences aren't going to see them. And that's kind of like, that's sad. And I'm trying to figure out like, what is it like what changed in America or what changed in in the way we consume things that people don't watch just, just comedies anymore. Like, has there been comedies with like, with like black, or like whatever, just any diverse diverse cast, like leading them, like because even Game Night, which is fun and has like like uh, it has like black people in it, like uh, what's his name from uh, um, Lamorne, the new Lamorne, girl, uh, yeah, Lamorne. Uh, it. It's still like they weren't the lead, you know, like Jason Bateman was the lead of that. Um, I'm, like I'm Bridesmaids was so long ago now, like that was like eleven years ago. True, we did have yeah, Girls Trip. That oh, that's was, true. Like, the Girls last trip. Thing that I can think of. And yeah, that didn't hit. Have any like having to be like trauma or struggle? It was just these women having fun. 
That's um, right. That's right. I think you have to eventize certain things now if a person of color stars in it. Like Girl Trip, for instance, I remember when it came out, it was Girl Trip, and then it was the all white women. Oh, yeah. Movie. It, it was, was like, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was Rough Night. The thing is, Rough Night. So rough, both yeah. so both were like um, like a group of women celebrating a thing. Like I thought they both were bachelor, bachelorette parties. Like I think uh, the Broad City one was, but not the other one. Not to call it a Broad City movie, but the writers from Broad City. Because a lot of um, it. Yeah. Um, I'm only saying that because I think when it came to Girls Trip, because it was like four very important, well, three at the time. Like you had Queen Latifah, you had Jada, you had Regina, who were like very big in the black community. Yeah. Black women were like, yo, we're about to support the hell out of this thing. And then when it actually was good, it just like ran for a long time. Um, and the movie before that, I was reading like one of the last comedies to make a bunch of money was like the first 21 Jump Street, because I guess it had such a perfect hybrid of like comedy and action that if you didn't like comedy per se, the action was still like action. Um, and then the comedy was so heavy that it kind of like, it was an event. So it feels like you have to have these event type comedies that actually work. Whereas like the house, but Will Ferrell didn't work out. You know, there's been like uh, so many movies that I feel like people just don't care about because they don't feel big. Watch. We're going to go back to um, uh, Austin Powers days real soon. It's going to be big, silly slapstick shit real soon. My other theory though, is that there's not enough new blood of being allowed to make mm. these types of things and they like we get these like formulaic comedies like the one thing about like the adam mckay and judd apatow kind of like reign is that they show they like all did this like kind of improv in, in comedies it was new and that's why people liked it and they were like oh man this is so funny but now it feels like everyone tries to do that and it it doesn't feel new anymore it feel like we see it we see the like how it's made because you're like all right and now you're gonna do this thing and now here's this bit where they all are gonna like just keep improvising and what i was gonna say with those though is they'll literally say like oh we only had like a third of the script you can't do that if you're a person of color there's no no way a studio is gonna take a chance and you'll be like but trust me my actors they're gonna bring it in a way that they can when they say oh we barely had a script we just improv you cannot do that there's no way you'll be greenlit and like given that money it makes no sense i hear about like and i will help us get back to the movie but like i remember reading this article (laughs) about like um like girls and then that new comedy dave and like how no one had like lena even said to herself she didn't have a one sheet didn't have a character breakdown and they were like cool we see it white girl is in brooklyn got it not a one sheet could you imagine going into a pitch like with nope like just just bullshitting your way through the pitch being like yeah we're gonna have this character ah they gotta have a friend too and someone saying yeah person of color i get your vision black people are more than just this and this and this without having to hear about the struggle of this it was so annoying and then even i lo- i do know him so i'm not gonna shit on him but even hearing pete talk about his movie they didn't have well i guess is what you're saying then like they didn't have a script like i remember hearing about the table reads and the table reads the jokes weren't in there and like it was almost like an outline so they could figure out what to do so they had a bunch of comedians come in and like what the Hell, like there's no way a black person could be like, get the movie greenlit, get into production without the script, have a table read without half the jokes in the script. 
It's like, God damn it, man, stop. It is frustrating because all that does is just tell people of color again that you have to be perfect or or exceptional just to just to even be considered on the same level as as an average white dude. Like not a great white dude, but just the bare minimum average Brett Ratner ass white dude. Yo. You have to be great. I don't care. I could meet Brett Ratner and be like, Brett, you average as hell. I don't even think Brett would argue with me on his mediocrity. You know what I'm saying? That's how privileged I think people are. Is like we could have a George Bush or a Donald Trump who are C students. C students became president and they know they average. If I get a C in math, Bray, I know I'm not good. Okay? The grade told me I'm not good. You know? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't even know what we're talking about no more. Lord. So you open Google Chrome on your phone. You're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with. When you're supposed to be working. But this site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no. He's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash office hours live. Oh, man. Okay, so we should talk about this film, I guess. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta skip through it. We gotta skip through it, man. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, so... Um, yeah, the opening... I mean, did you guys buy the, the opening with the, when, when they fall in love? The little opening The montage. Scene? Do you remember? The montage. Of yeah, that. I thought it was really cute. I kept being like, "Is this about to be like funny, Queen and Slim? Like, <laughs> like are yeah, they gonna? That's what I thought it was is like this gonna that. happen tonight? Like, <laughs> uh, I thought it was cute. It was cute. Yeah, that this is this is the rom com trope. I feel like when they do this montage, unless it's a meet cute, it's like it's usually like we've been in love forever, and then they go on. Then the moment we see them in real life, if you will, they're in the process of breaking up. So right, the at, breakup did that, I think, too, right? The, like, yeah, years later, and then it's like... Yes. Yeah, and then yes. it's like, we're about to break up. I will say, I have had this argument about the Amazing Race, because in, <laughs> because in real life, that is the, the specific thing. argument. I, it is a thing that, for me, no matter how famous I get, I want to go on the Amazing Race, and I want to win. Like, it is a thing, like, whether or not it's with my partner or with, like, best friends, I want to do it. And so when someone's like, we can't win the amazing race off break, it's offensive. Because to me, we a team. And if we a solid team, we can get through anything. I can't swim. 
but I can get a floaty. Okay, so you take over the swimming. You do like I'm good with puzzles. Like I, like <laughs> the consensus of that, like we just can't do this automatically, just hurt my heart. So I felt Issa in that moment. I was like, this may seem dumb, but I get it. I really, really do get it. I'm so different. I'm like, if I get famous, I'm like, I'm not, I've worked too hard to get all this money to sleep on someone's floor in Germany. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not sleeping on the ground anywhere. Like, Disney has a show with Bear Grylls, where Bear Grylls would take, like, Brie Larson or, like, you know, Will yes. Ferrell. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to do it. Like, I'm, I'm trying to prove that I can compete and survive in the wilderness. So when they had this argument, it was it was so good that I thought maybe it was going to foreshadow that maybe, at, you know how the movies end? It's like um, random scenes. Oh, wait, it did. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I take it back. Never mind. I take it back. I forgot they did do it. I forgot they did do it. Wait, you <laughs> you just reminded me. I would go on Bear Grylls. One, one was, his Dave Batista one was them rock climbing, mm-hmm. which was still sk- terrifying, but um, mine would be for apocalyptic reasons. Like, same, I'm like, same. if you need to teach me what I need to know same. to survive, then I'll do it. But I, Like, tell me which tree I can eat from. And, like, apparently you're supposed to heat up your urine. People don't tell you that in the movies. Like, Bear Grylls taught me that. Like, that's you got to heat it up. And that's real. See, so, you know. <laughs> oh, back to the movie. Yeah, so they... they, uh, they was <laughs> but, yeah, so so they're, they're... Yeah, they have all these arguments about the amazing race. And uh, Issa was completely wrong about... Or, or, there's no way orgies are just spontaneous. I don't know what she's <laughs> talking about. I mean, you can have a spontaneous orgy. Say you no. out there in the woods, hope like Bray. Let me paint they the picture. They plan those joints. Let me, let me, Bray. No man, look, man, it's it's apocalyptic. Like you're out in the woods, everybody's nervous. Like we gonna live, you're or we gonna die. Out in the woods, you're one experiencing person, feelings that you don't. You you're like I ain't even know I could feel exactly. this. One person has a has an iPhone, Bray, with five percent battery, and they got one song playing. They got one song, and it's the only song they got downloaded, and it's and it's between the sheets by Ozzy Brothers. So they want the people Why? to feel something. They play the song, Bray. Next thing you know, the people, everybody's in a mood. Everyone's feeling sexy. <laughs> why are these people out in the woods? Bray, it don't matter why they're in the woods, Bray. They all no, just man. happen to be in No, the- they don't happen to be there. They all plan to be out there because they're about to do some freaky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they all plan to be in the woods. <laughs> You're right. The orgies are not planned. Like, if you go to one of those places, people know in advance. You get an invite. There's rules to it. So she was wrong. <laughs> she was wrong. It was funny, but... But then, like, their argument turns, like, pretty, like, it gets, like, pretty vicious in the car. <laughs> but isn't that, that's real, yeah. though. Isn't that how that is real. works? It's Absolutely. like a little thing would just turn into, like, the fucking the yeah. epitome of everything. You're like, how did we get here? Yeah, exactly. That's really how it felt like. It was like, I, I was, that was the one thing I was like, this is, this is real. Like, where they're just arguing about something as stupid as, like, would we win the amazing race? and then. After like an hour of fighting, they're like, you never, <laughs> you don't try to succeed. You'll never amount to anything. And he's like, well, I don't like, like you are looking at this other dude and you don't care about me. And this is that. And I'm just like, damn, like this was. Okay. Here's my <laughs> punch up for that scene too. Yeah. Um, my unsolicited punch up <laughs> is I thought, cause like I'm dumb and being a comedy writer, I'm like, oh, they're going to do this. And then this is going to happen. I don't know if y'all feel that way mm-hmm. when you watch mm-hmm. it and you're like, I already know what's going to happen. I literally thought it would have been better and funnier if the dude that she, he thinks she's always flirting with 
at work look just like him. Like, I thought that would have been yes. so funny if you turn and it's another or um, Hassan or like, yeah. it would be so funny <laughs> if, if they really did funny. it. Like, whoever Kumel, like whoever they always like say that he looks like, that would have been so inside <laughs> and I would have like loved it. <laughs> also, like, I hate that guy. Better looking version of him. <laughs> yes. It was just... like, I hate that guy and then it's hit. It's like someone that looks like him. Oh, that that's real. So good. Or Dev, or like yeah. I don't know anyone that he always gets confused with. Oh, that would have been. Funny. And it's, but you know great. what is so it's so interesting because it's so funny you say that, Danny. Because at <laughs> this point when they made this movie, uh, Kumail was already training for Marvel, so he already looked really handsome to me. So it was like if this would have been like season one, uh, Silicon Valley when he was kind of like schlubby a little bit, it's like yeah, you could have had the real handsome other version of him. But he is so handsome now that it's like that person who looks better than him has to be a straight up model because this dude is just like it's like no you handsome bro like there's not a like equivalent of handsome yeah. it's like you only can be you have to well, be I think asshole. he could have been handsome I think yeah. it would just be funny he was like I don't know why I just don't like that guy and then it's like him it's True. like someone that looks just like him it would have been funny Ugh, joke punch-ups I wonder if they did punch-ups for this movie I don't think so Never mind. Let me not shade it. I'm not shading it. Never mind. I'm not shading it. Also, does he go by? Am I just saying his name wrong? It's Kumal. Is that how you say Kumal? My bad. Or I would have been saying Kumal, but I say shit. What do I say? I have been saying Kumal. So I've been saying it correctly. Kumal. Wait, it it is Kumal. You're right. Yes, she's okay. Yeah, I just I was like just phonetically. I've been saying his name because male is in it, and so I've just been saying. Kumail, but yeah. I didn't want to. When you kept saying it, I was like, I need to correct myself if I'm saying it. I just learned how to say Hassan because I thought it was Hassan. So now I'm just trying to. So you're right. Well, Kumail. You're yeah. right. Kumail. Yeah. All right. You're right. Kumail. Other Thank people have said that wrong. That's why we kept. That's why we also said it too. Yeah. yeah. So, no, but that's a good correction. Thank you for that, Kumail. Because I hate when people say my name wrong. So I, I don't want to be that dude. Ugh. Um. Yeah, but they, so <laughs> basically the inciting incident is like, as they're arguing, they run over this dude uh, on the bike uh, and he's like clearly beat up and like, he gives them his phone and then he just starts bicycling away and then they get back in their car. They're like, that was crazy. And then a guy just comes in and is like, hey, I'm a cop. <laughs> he never flashes his badge, which I was like, you always ask for the badge. But do you though? With, I, and you? and considering where this goes, that is so frustrating that he never flashes <laughs> his badge. Like, I know. It I makes know no it's... sense. <laughs> Why wouldn't he flash his badge? Because Man. we know it's him. Uh, it's fine. Like, we know it's him later. So flash the badge. Not, like, withholding that information did nothing to me. <laughs> it did <laughs> it's hard because I want to say I would not have let him in the car if he didn't flash the badge, but I think I am so trained to. Ugh, it's embarrassing. I think I am so trained to trust white men because of the authority they normally have that I think I would have just believed like this white dude's an undercover cop. Yeah, I guess let me slide over and you do whatever has to happen. I don't. Because for me, I think I am now realizing there is two, two modes I have when it comes to white dudes, <laughs> um, especially of power. It's either like to instantly rebel or get quiet to try to survive what I think the situation is. And I think if, this, if I hit a dude with a car, I'm scared. 
that I may go to jail because I hit a white dude. But then if a white dude is like, let me get in the car and police and starts chasing the guy down, I think I would let the dude in the car and trust that he's not lying to me or be too scared to say anything. He also had a gun, right? Yeah. like I, I don't, don't think it, it was not optional. Yeah, I think I'd be like, like dude, I do think, what you got to do, bruh. You know? I think if he came in with a gun, they didn't have the option to say did, no. Did he point like. a gun at them? I think he had one out. Hold on, let me let me open up Netflix. <laughs> I just thought he was just like, I gotta get... And then he... <laughs> anyway, he ran that dude over so many times. Uh, that was, their faces in that yeah. was so... Oh <laughs> their my faces God. were perfect. Their faces were yes. perfect. I, like, I would have been the same way. You're just like, where you realize Every what's bump. happening, but you're like, well... <laughs> Well, we need, to, we need to stay silent. Like, this is awful, but also, I'm not about to say anything because I know <laughs> this dude is going to kill me. Yo, I'm going to just be here <laughs> just uh. quietly as this dude gets murdered. He was like, mm. mm. I thought that was so well played. And then even when the the people came to call the police on um, Issa and Kamel, I was like, this... This is played out perfect. Like him running, so I would have ran. Yeah, man, I'm I'm out. Like, I know why, why they why were they like? I mean, yes, we hit him, but we didn't kill him. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, don't say none of this. <laughs> don't say none of this. Uh, uh, I was like, just run. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we just did. I don't know, Danny, if you saw um, Queen and Slim, but Mm-mm. it's like. It's like a, the serious version of this movie, <laughs> except yeah. they kill a cop, uh, or uh, in self defense. But then they like they're on the run. Uh, so it was like funny to see this that that scene again of like them at the uh, the restaurant, not knowing what to do, and then <laughs> the cop calls her and she's like, "Oh yeah, oh no, we're at our place, yeah." And uh, let me just look outside and oh my god, the car's not there. <laughs> so Can I get you anything else? Is that a waiter? What? And Camille just drops the phone in the shake and is just like. <laughs> but that also was that was dope. cool because like I don't know if I know if I think this is realistic or not, but I do like it no matter what. I like that they were or from what it seems like they were never in danger from the police. It was like, yeah, we know you guys didn't do it. Like something about that felt very like reassuring, and I don't know if that's real, but even if it's not, I just like that comfort of of we think we got to solve this case, but the cops know we didn't do it. Like that is just a really cool feeling. Like you are still a citizen in this movie and in this world, so I really did enjoy that part because um, their feel felt really real, but the fact that they didn't need to be that scared was like welcoming in a way. Yeah, I mean, we don't know that until the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a fun little reveal at the end. I did like the part where uh, <laughs> the cops the cops were like slowly driving by and looking at them, and Camille's like, "Oh my god, they know it's us! They know it's us! They know it's <laughs> us!" And then they keep going. And they're like, "Oh, they're just regular racist cops." <laughs> <laughs> I was so funny to me. Yeah. I love when they were like um that girl that was reporting them was like I they just happen to be people of color. I'm not saying that yes. I think that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then she started talking about her like Issa's shoes. I was like, "Yo, man, this is this is cool." Like this part is cool. Yeah. I just was like that, that sounds going. very 
yeah, white liberal. Like it was just very much in that vein. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't a Karen. Commentary. She was Susan. You know. So did you guys understand <laughs> what the whole cover up was exactly? Oh, bro, I have no clue what was happening in this movie. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, like honestly, when you brought up cover up at the beginning of it, I have the movie playing in the background because I just do not, and I just watched it again last night. I did not remember there was. I mean, I feel like I loosely, like very loosely get it because it's like a sort of thin thing, right? Like there's this secret organization where people um, watch, where people have orgies and the, the cop who keeps the cops off their back was also working with someone to take pictures so they could blackmail them. Right. And, uh, and, but. But for some reason, he has to kill this kid now. Like, may- oh, the, because the kid was like getting too big for his britches and like not sharing the money. And he was like, well, f- fuck you. I'm going to kill you. Oh, right. Yes. Which, which I, which was like the thing that I didn't fully understand, but also doesn't really matter. Cause, um, was like, what, what, what were, why were the cops already on to this secret organization? Like, are orgies illegal? Like, what were they doing outside of or Like, I didn't understand what the other criminal activity was, you know? Wait, are orgies uh, illegal? Right, but... It might have... Go ahead. Been, it was a secret society, mm-hmm. so I feel like they were probably doing other things. Right. But also, I imagine money was involved, and I do think that that would be, right, if you're if funding... Pay, if they're paying for to watch this. Oh. Yeah, there's something about that, and I imagine that there's also rooms where people go off and do things, and who knows what's like involved. And um, I imagine that is it. Because there is something like that in New York. I, I before I get deep into this, just I've heard the shut. story. I've heard the story, but there is a, a a traveling group or something where like. You can, if a woman is invited to the orgy and gets whatever Instagram pass, she can bring a dude, and it is this kind of like eyes wide shut thing with like mm-hmm. the mask. And I forgot there is a safe word if you're just a viewer, so like you know that you tell people when they come up to you, and like yeah, you will go off into the rooms. But I don't know it was, yeah, maybe it's because I you don't have to pay it. That makes it illegal. Or something I don't. Like I don't know. I I think that was unclear. Uh, it was weird. <laughs> it's like weird that they like. Uh, that they like, they did like a sting, like they all like came in and you know the, all the police at the end and they, I I don't yeah, and that everybody got away. I, I didn't understand any of that. Um, I did understand the fact that they were being blackmailed and that this guy was trying to get the pictures back and uh, and he was a part of the blackmail, which is even weirder. Um, but it wasn't that grand. It didn't feel like as grand as. You know what I mean? Some of the other. But was that before this? That was after like they met up with that. The politician kidnapped them, right? The politician's wife or something. Yes, that uh, was after. And that and the politician was a part of this. And that's the pictures that they were talking about were pictures mm. of this thing, which makes sense, right? For a senator to not want there to be evidence that they were participating in an orgy. So the blackmail part of it makes sense. The part that I don't think I don't understand is why the cops already knew about this. Like, if they they knew about this whole thing, and why 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 were the cops involved with this at all until the murder started happening? You know what I mean? That's oh, so the part I, I don't get. 
Also, I don't get why the cops were like, oh, we know uh, you didn't do it. <laughs> I love, wait, can I just say this? The one thing that I thought was so funny, because it was such a cop-out from the writers, but it was really funny. Like, the cops tell them, like, we saw everything on camera. We know you didn't do it. And they're like, oh, great. And then later on when the guy, when they're in the back of the car with the guy, and the guy, and they're like, oh, my God, well, they're going to know it's you. Like, they already, they have it on camera. And he was like, I've seen the video. It's grainy. And I was like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, like, yeah. like <laughs> so they could identify these two people, but they couldn't identify you? Get out of here. Come on. I mean, look, man, that's what this is. I mean, it's funny because I keep thinking about the movie and like, I know we're not political, but I'm like, do we, we live in a world where if we found a politician and his wife were in the orgies. I'm pretty sure nothing would happen to that politician. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it depends. It depends on his stance because a lot of these politicians that are um, uptight, like they're anti-abortion, anti-this and that, they're anti-porn, like trying to change those laws. And then if it f- turned out that they were like engaging in this, granted their followers would make up some excuse for sure. But I think of that all the time. Whenever there are politicians who are super loud about getting rid of porn, I'm like, you watch a ton of porn. I yes. watch a ton of porn, and I can tell a fellow <laughs> porn watcher. <laughs> Except I've learned to embrace it. I can tell it. Where, I can because tell every it. room oh, I go into, I denounce porn and tell people that porn's bad. <laughs> then like, I go I home. See it. <laughs> I see it in no, your eyes. I'm so, but I'm like, I'm the opposite, where I'm like, everybody know I watch, because there'll be those things where it's like, if you don't send this, we'll tell your, to 10 people, we'll, we'll show this video of you watching porn to your family. And I'm like, my family would be like, yeah, that's her. That's yeah, her, like, yeah, that's her. I just don't want people to see how I look. Like that's <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> like, everybody can know. <laughs> but I feel people would relate to me. That's yes. so funny. It's like no one can look cool. Like that's your most vulnerable moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like that, and when you're using the bathroom, it's like you don't want I, people looking at you in this. <laughs> don't you feel like those emails started happening because of the Black Mirror episode? I because when because yes, when I got that email, I was like, oh, this is like that Black Mirror episode where that kid was like. Oh yeah, yes. but, then, yes. but then it turned out that yeah. he was an actual pedophile, which was which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's because there was a certain point in that Black Mirror episode where I was like, okay, like this is bad, but at a certain point you have to go, look, whatever. If people, yeah. if you're gonna show my friends and family me like jerking off, like that sucks. I don't want anybody to see that, but also like I'm not gonna kill somebody for yeah. this. Like this is insane. I guess I think it would be funny if they showed him like she rewound three times at this point. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, ooh, no. So, they I don't need the to fear, know the though. specifics. I think that's the fear. The fear is like the whole context of it. It's like, shit, do they know which movie was I watching? Was it a good movie? Like, is this movie, does this movie represent what I normally watch on a regular basis? Like, is this a good projection of like my porn aesthetic? Like, what was my background like? Did I make a weird face? Like, it's too much. That's a a terrible thing, like, the revenge porn stuff. Like, that sucks that so many people do that. And it stops people from sending thirst traps. To me, the biggest casualty of the revenge thing when people break up is, like, I am a person where it's like, yo, if you feel comfortable sending me something cool, I need you to know that it is safe between us. And I feel like if someone has been burnt by the time they've gotten to me in our dating situation, it's like, now I am losing out on whatever thirst trappy thing you <laughs> that want to That is the send. biggest casualty. I'm, I, I hate to be selfish, but it's like, I am now missing out on a thirst trap because some other asshole has ruined this thirst trap or vice versa, you know? Thirst traps and porn should be for everybody if that's what they into, but people will shame you 
Fool, you know what? Let me get off the soapbox. What are we talking about? No, I'm saying I never put my face in them. I'm like, those titties aren't mine. You can't prove that. In fact, then you got to start changing the background because all you need is it to come out and it's like, hey, is that your couch? (laughs) Nope, that's not. Nope, that's not my couch. That's Gina Rodriguez. <laughs> I got too much black men can't jump shit around my house. And someone goes, yeah, hey, man, I think that's your poster in the background. Or that's your pillow. Everybody got that poster, man. Everybody got that. Um, yeah. Well, there's not too much else to say. I mean, there's like that that part that we talked about where they're interrogating that, that dude. It's so funny. It's like a male gets beat up for so long. <laughs> And then, a- yo, that dude killed all of those frat boys. I was like, yes. oh my God. Like, Y'all, but somebody <laughs> tweeted and said that the bacon grease in that scene was CGI. Like, oh, they wow, were really? like showing the video of them carrying it. And I'm like, how much was that? Did that cost money than just he- heating up bacon grease? Also, like when they were carrying the pan, somebody said that that's CGI. And I'm like, what? How do you guys yeah. know this stuff? But also, how scary, low key. That was yeah. a real scary scene that I know was played for jokes, but they were about to burn up his face. Yeah, like that was rough. Like, and then getting kicked by a horse? Like, that's some crazy... Yeah, that could break your freaking chest. <laughs> like, that's... And then they were going to do it to Issa? Like, that is some scary-ass <laughs> That stuff, was scary. Yo. Woof, man. The jokes we play. But yeah. What happened? You know, they get out of it. They use the cigarette lighter to get but, get themselves free and but what happens at the end how do they get uh, how do they get get from the dude when he gets him in the car like how does they pushed him into the water yes gotcha well they shot I mean, him i think the cops sh- oh yeah she Issa shot him mm-hmm. she shot him she was like i have the shot you have to trust me and he was like you've never shot a gun before and then he was, and then somehow they did on the count of 3 like, didn't they yes, do they that? Did, they, they did a three thing. They did a three because he did because he kept um because he kept saying one, two, three, or three, and she didn't run or didn't do this other thing. Right. Right. Um, and then he was like, three. And then he ducked and she shot him. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> it was cute. Hey, it was fun. J- yeah. James is quiet. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, it was fun. It was, it was yeah. fun. I, Go ahead. You know, Go ahead, Jara. This is the part, Danny, just so you know, where I talk to Hollywood um, and like talk about Hollywood stuff and like tell them to give people of color a better shot and more chances and more writing. But for some reason, I think I really should talk to Hollywood because I, I think even though we haven't done the score, this movie may be split, but I am very appreciative that this movie did two things. It had two people of color in the lead. Um, it made it so that at the end of the day, their race wasn't the thing that was going to get them in prison because yeah, the cop out was the cops knew all along, but I think along with this podcast and seeing other people of color, I think Hollywood has to do a better job of just showing us, especially black people in lights that isn't just reflective around our race. I know we keep harping on that, but I think now that we're seeing so many images of violence towards black people, uh, it would be really good to start seeing shows and movies come out that is not just solely about the black experience. You know, Hollywood, it is really cool if we can finally go into a meeting and like James can pitch just like some crazy sci-fi shit. It's a black person in it. 
And it has nothing to do with this dude being a black person in space. You know, I think I keep reading all these articles about shows that are being greenlit and it just seems to be about the minority struggle. And it's like, if I pitch a show, people are expecting a show about what it's like being a black millennial in today. And that may not be what I want to talk about, or you may not want to talk about being a Latina. I just want Hollywood to let us do things to give us the opportunities to show that we as black people and people of color are more than just skin deep. Because when I think about girls, like they don't specifically talk about being just white girls. They're just like very privileged girls in Brooklyn. You know, if I, if I look at like this new Pete Davidson movie, it's like Pete Davidson movie isn't about like a white boy from Staten Island. It's about a boy whose dad died at September 11th, what it looks like from the trailer. And like he was given a shot without having to run through so many hoops. So I just hope like going forward, now that people are, the Netflix is the, the, the Hulus are sending out all these posts about supporting black lives and injustice everywhere. I hope they understand that there is an injustice in Hollywood by like limiting voices of color in the ways that they have boxed us in. And hopefully like they will see the errors of those ways and let us like talk about whatever the fuck we want, just like they do a white dude or just like they do a white girl. That's all I want. So that's my message to Hollywood today. Uh, and again, I just want to make sure people are safe at home and out in the streets. So yeah, that's my message to Hollywood, y'all. You know, Gerard, it's crazy because the whole time I was watching, the whole time I was watching the movie, my thought was like, wow, this is a relationship between two people and like, I'm really enjoying it. And like the other person, you know, there's like, there's potentially a threat to the relationship, but it like all makes sense. Like, it's like, it's like this dude like works with her and he doesn't like the way that they, that they look at each other, you know, and like, we see how it affects the two of them. But like in Hancock, like, He's he's supposed to have like this sort of like deep uh, seated like relationship that he had with Charlize we Theron that like talking it, about Hancock. No, but yeah, like it, it it doesn't. I don't, it didn't it doesn't didn't make sense to me that the movie isn't good, James. No, but Hancock the, is right, not a yeah, good. Hancock's not. It's like not good. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, J- James, it's not. That's Hancock, like crazy. No, why are you talking about Hancock now? That movie came out in two thousand eight. Just while I was watching say- Lovebirds, that was the thought I had. Was that like, wow, like, because this is like about a relationship. The relationship just made sense. I could James, understand how James, everyone we have related. A guess. To- James, we got a guess, and I feel like you're right. She I'm knows sorry. Hancock is not a good movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> she knows. Like everybody knows Hancock is not a good. Like you don't have to. I'm sorry. It's just that's just what Wait, I was. Oh- Wait, what I wanted to say is that I did. I think it's cool that this uh, couple's interracial without a white person involved. Like, I oh, yeah. that's what we see in Hollywood. I true. see it on billboards. It's like the way that they can get their show still made at a lot of these networks is like, okay, so we have our main, I'm not going to say some things for people that I might end up on their shows, but we have <laughs> this main white person and then the rest of their family is black or brown or whatever. They're married to a brown woman. And then yes. and then we got we did what you guys wanted and here you go. That's like all I see is interracial where the uh, where the main character is white and then their side person spouse is a person of color. And so it was really nice to have an interracial relationship where a white person wasn't involved. Damn you're right. Damn yeah. I didn't think Hell about yeah. That. Hell yeah. Damn, that's cool. That's so cool. All right, it's time for the cause. We uh, rate and review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause more leading black actors in uh, in Hollywood. So we give it a black fist if we think it fully helped the cause. If We give it a white palm if we think it kind of helped the cause. And we don't give it anything if we, if we think it didn't help the cause at all. 
you know, on the count of three, we're gonna gonna raise up our ratings. One, two, three. I gave it a black fist too. You can't see me, but we can't see John because John went to another screen. What you my doing, videos, Frank? My video is not working. What you doing, He's Frank? <laughs> I stopped it for He's a second sure and his... I can't. I can't. Nobody put it out sends anymore. his family that email through. <laughs> <laughs> He, he has the tape yes, now. Yes, like, oh no, they keep seeing me. They keep seeing. Me. No, no, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't do cameras anymore. I just, I just, as we were talking, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, why, why'd you, why'd you guys give it a black fist? Oh, Danny, you want to go first? Why are you? Like- well, I mean, I do think this was a super positive portrayal for Issa. I think she got to show off her comedy chops. I mean, it might not be as much as we've seen before, but her in leading roles, like, is a huge thing. Like, moving, even moving from television to film is huge, and her being the star along with Kumel. But it's like she's now uh, the the on the monarchy, like. She, monarchy on the marquee there we go <laughs> she's she's now uh when they're like oh well we have to have this person to to have it make money like she now gets to be one of those names yeah. so that to me when people are selling something they're like if Issa's attached so i think that does the more that she's in the front role starring role of a movie is only helpful in my opinion I feel like monarchy yeah. is also somehow correct as well. Yeah, I mean, it is. A queen. You know, good goodness. Yeah, uh, I give it a fist because I, it just like, this is great. We got a, you know, one of those like, one of those comedies that like you watch and you're like, that was fun. And then you go home and you don't have to think too much about. And we got that with two, you know, uh, people of color. We got Issa Rae and Kumail. They're both on the come up and it's, and it's nice to see and like, yeah, exactly. It's nice to see like the relationship, this interracial relationship, not be about their race, like, and not have to focus on that. Um, you know, we say that a lot on the podcast, like we're just people. So it's cool for us to have movies in which we just get to be people. Um, it's not like we have to talk about race every, every day. Um, uh, so yeah, that was, that was nice. Black Fist. Yeah, same, echoing everything everybody else said. And I know I had said uh, previously, like, oh, wow, like, what would need to be reworked? But, like, specifically, like, the fact that race, like, only came up because they were like, we're dealing with the cops. Like, you're dead. Like, that's the only way that it came up. I thought that it was really nice. It felt like it felt like it was just sort of a genuine watching what would happen to these two people in this scenario. Then like she like it didn't feel like they shoehorned the race in or it didn't feel like they like they like like it was this whole sort of other thing on top of the movie. Um so yeah. But Black Fist, I thought they were great. Yeah, same Black Fist, like like what Danny just said, I didn't even think about about the fact that this was an interracial couple that didn't involve a brown skinned woman and a white dude. My God, that's <laughs> that's like every movie. Yeah. It's like white guy. I mean, it's so much so in movies now that you will have the lead white guy. Like, it'll be a, a a brown woman lead, and then the surprise is her dad is a white dude. And it's just like, we still get the famous white dude. It's just, it just feels like such a shitty thing. So it was really cool that that happened. And it's good seeing their glow up. So I'm down for all of it. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danny, again, for, yes. for doing this. Uh, 
Where can people find you? I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez on all the things. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. And I have a podcast with our friend, Ify Wadiwe, uh, on iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, called Nerdificent, and we tackle the past, present, and future of different like nerd franchises and everything from like Twilight Zone to Wonder Woman, this past month for May. We did Mental Health May. We actually tackled the brain science behind like different therapy treatments that I've personally done, oh, wow. like TMS, which is something that like Neil Brennan was super uh, vocal about and I've been really vocal about. Uh, it's where they like have electrodes literally like on your brain stimulating things. So that's very nerdy. We tackle a lot of different things. And so uh, it's just a cool podcast. That sounds dope as hell. That sounds really cool. Shoot. Guys, check that out. Um, thank you again for listening, everybody. Uh, next week, I don't know what we're doing again. <laughs> Stay safe. Love you all. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today!